All right, guys, listen, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this again. It is a pleasure to speak to you again, 10 months on from when we last spoke. First things first, how's your day going? Busy, a lot of work, not enough music. <laughs> work as a work, work. Work, work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these types of meetings all day. So I'm just trying to snap back into fun mode now, you know? <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right. We'll try and uh, make it a little bit more fun than the work work. How's everybody overall doing in the worn out camp? Good. Yeah. Um, just hard to speak for them, really. Like, we all work, like, kind of office jobs and a lot of these types of meetings, but less complaining about work than there definitely was earlier this year, so... I think everyone, everything's on an upward trajectory. <laughs> How about yourself? I mean, that's perfect. The fact that it's an upward trajectory, that's the most okay. important thing that if everybody's feeling good, because, you know, the last 10 months has felt uh, fairly significant um, for you guys. Anyone that follows you on social media platforms and things like that, you've been fairly, fairly busy this year, right? Yeah, yeah. We played a good amount of shows and also uh got in the studio to to turn out some new music and also wrote some stuff too so yeah fairly busy year definitely well of course when you're in the middle of it so yeah it just felt like yeah i suppose it was busy lately yeah but you know just it's a good flow at the moment as well like the more you're doing the less it feels like work mm -hmm. just like if you're actually on top of it it feels like tasks every day i'm just rarely on top of it yeah is there I a sense feel like Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I also feel like uh, since we actually like played quite a lot of shows this year, like compared to to some some other peers, uh, I feel like we're almost constantly have a show coming up somewhere, or even just a, the short runs that we played in in Scotland or even with Chromax in in Ireland. So, is there a sense that while you have had plenty to do, that still doesn't feel like enough? Right. Yep. <laughs> it's well, the eternal struggle but um it's a good problem to have really i suppose if i was feeling like there's too much to do then we're having an issue agreed agreed well congratulations on the release of uh the recent single of course it's bridge burner i nice. uh, got a nice little solid amount of buzz not been out too long so dust hasn't even got close to settling on it how have you found a response so far to it so the response has been pretty good so far. Like uh, people reaching out and saying this is this, this is probably heavier than some people expected. It's it's a little bit different from from what people expected. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, even when we wrote the song, we were like like we were sitting in Brian's place where he is right now, and we looked at each other and we we're like, yeah, this is actually really great. This this is gonna turn out great. So, uh, yeah, it's cool that people like it. So, yeah, I'm just like the uh, being honest, like. This was one of the first songs in quite a while where the three of us straight away were like, this is this is it. Like, you know, this is straight away. It's, we need to finish this song. And then we just kind of wanted to even get it out. So, I mean, even if people hated it, I'd still be proud of it. But yeah, the response has been, has been great. I think because the EP wasn't that long ago, maybe it's like more people are hearing it now as well. So it's, it's good to see maybe a little bit of just getting into fresh ears as well. People that don't know us, so... The critique is impartial, but, you know, um, it's just good to get it fresh years, really. 
it's all about keeping the momentum rolling as well. You know, the EP isn't that old. You're absolutely right. It's not even a year old at this stage, but what else could you do? Wait another year or two, release an album or another EP. This way, the kind of momentum still, it keeps rolling. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think we're getting in a good flow in the band now just for division of labor, even like say, oh yeah, Evan, our drummer handles a lot of the booking side of it. Um, Alex and myself always find jobs to do in the middle. Um, we've taken things a bit more DIY now lately. Um, in the past, say it takes a while in the band to get a flow and learn how to communicate well and have that bit of trust and even a shorthand when you're trying to do video jobs or, you know, agree on a bit of artwork. Sometimes there'll be more arguments, more miscommunications in the middle, whereas now things are a bit easier. Like it's just much easier to keep things going that way as well. Has something prompted that? Is that just a natural kind of where you've been able, where you've got closer and developed as a unit um, over the last year? Is that something that's just kind of grown more as you mature, I guess? I think so. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe it can go the other way where more arguments, more water under the bridge, the harder it gets. But I think just after a while, it's just you have to realise, you know, you can have the odd blowout, but it's because you all care. But... You know, we've all tried to do how wear all the hats at once at one point, and you realize it's it's too much work. There's other people in the band that are good at these things. You just have to sometimes take your hands off a certain department and say, "That's yours," and have a bit of trust. It goes both ways, but I do think maybe it's not maturing. So we're definitely not maturing, but just we're around each other long enough now to know what not to say. The fastest way to get things done. <laughs> Just know when to shut up. <laughs> We're still learning that one. You just, yeah, you're describing it as a much more well-oiled machine than you ever were before, because of course, in any band, I guess the early days is quite chaotic, particularly when you're making what can be described in some circles as quite chaotic music. Yeah, I think to to a certain degree, but this is, I I don't know where this comes. From. Well, I well I know where this comes from, like a little bit, uh, like Brian and I, we dabble pretty much into these kinds of music uh, these kinds of bands but um i feel like when it comes to communicating within the band like this is way more straightforward and it's weird like the music gets more chaotic but i think within the band it gets more straightforward actually you have those little moments of going that guy in the band would love this riff and you know you can almost gaslight them a little bit now it's like <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to sneak in that riff i love now if uh if we put that riff next to it, somebody else will love you. <laughs> but it's just learning where to compromise, really, like where your hill to die on is sometimes, you know. Fantastic. I love that. Um, sticking with Bridgeburner then, what did you initially envision with the track? Uh, what did you picture in your head? What did you plan? And did the end result match that very early vision? Oh, I, think, I think you well, will get to very You started very the song, Alex, so you definitely yeah. handle this one. So I, I think you you will get two very different answers from 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 Brian and myself because like everyone has their own vision and their own idea like where a song goes. Um, like when when I have had like the first couple of riff ideas, which are actually based on some ideas that Evan had on guitar. Like we were sitting remotely, it was still like tail end of the pandemic, and Evan had just like some some riff ideas. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna grab my guitar, come over, and I had some, and I just wanted to create a song that's very punky it's mm -hmm. very raw that's very very aggressive uh, and aggressive uh but uh 
actually turned out like a little bit different. It is an aggressive song, right? But it's not really punky at all if, if you listen to it. So it it's actually pretty far, far from where I thought the song would be. But it doesn't mean like I think the song is bad, uh, quite the contrary. I suppose punk is still through your style. So it's like your chords make it sound more post-hardcore at a certain mm -hmm. point. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think the first two... Two and, definitely about the first two two and a quarter minutes almost that are in the song now came from that first night where we were in this room jamming um, I, I think it was pretty straightforward so like we had a pretty similar vision we loved the first few riffs and it was just like what suits next and sometimes we fall down holes where it's like this needs to match a thing later or that's we just decide early on something's a chorus so it needs to come back but this we just let the song lead us I think more this time um we went up to our practice space then and finished out the arrangements. There's a few places where we like collaborate riffs or try to different rhythms. Um, but this was actually a pretty fast song to finish. I think we all just really just let the song dictate what to write next. That's why there's so many riffs in it, I think. <laughs> and, and also I feel like uh, when I think back of it, uh, probably most of the song, except for like two parts were actually written in that one, in that one night. Probably, yeah. Yeah. At the time, can you remember this? Were you conscious of showing growth, growth from uh, waste, even though it was only 10 months or probably, well, even less for when you were working on the song? But were you, was that something you thought about or was it, did it never enter your mind? Not really for me. Um, I, I think you, like, say we have looked into like say sometimes when we write we do go in with an idea let's write a song like this mm. but sometimes those rules can make it a bit hard to finish the song or to let it lead you i think this song did really just materialize you know we didn't have too much writing on like let's do something drastically different to this or that um since the ep alex changed guitars and tuning and he went to the seven strings he loves playing so that has us playing on a lower register I think that does bring out something different in our playing. So that made it naturally different anyway. But we're still going to have that thing where you play the same few rhythms with your right hand and have your chord library in your left, you know? So uh, it's not like we were going to be playing K-pop or gypsy jazz <laughs> too quickly either. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like when, when you start, and that, that's just my own opinion, but when, I, when you start to try to reach like a certain thing or like to cater to a certain group or cater to growth or whatever it's not just as honest like i really like music that is honest that is that is direct right and like when we wrote this or when we write music in general there's just like four people that i care about nothing else well yeah. makes sense because in, in theory growth uh musically should come very naturally as you grow as musicians as you learn new things and continue to expand your own minds um so it should be really natural yeah, yeah exactly should be there's always imposter syndrome <laughs> <laughs> i think the only way to go is natural because anytime i've ever even tried to try to write something outside of my own style if i don't understand the style well enough and i just decide to write something in someone else's style it's always going to be a watered down version of someone else's anyway mm. so all i can do is pick up the odd right hand pattern off alex's style maybe and you know start to write riffs more like Alex, I suppose, but still have to have my sense of melody, maybe. Otherwise... Yeah, I, think, I, think we rubbed, I think we rubbed off, like, to a certain degree on each other. Like, you became 
much more like like a rhythm uh, rhythmically type player. Like like I said to you before, like I feel like uh, the rhythms you are playing are way tighter than in the past. While I try to, at least I try to. I don't know if I succeed, but I to do some 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 chords or melodic stuff that we probably haven't done before. But this is just so challenge challenging myself, you know. Yes, yeah. what are we doing? Heading off the next argument too, then. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> what then? What then do you think was the most challenging aspect of working on Bridge Burner? And likewise, in tandem of that, what was the been? What was the most rewarding thing? Oh, I have a good answer for this. Mm -hmm. I think these are actually both the same thing. I actually was going to say the same. The yeah. yeah, yeah, it is one hundred percent the ending. Like we oh. played, but. Oh, okay. You had something different. I was going to give the same answer, but done completely differently. You go first, anyway. All right, all right, all right. I'm I'm pretty curious to see what you're saying. So, um, yeah, I feel like the ending. Uh, we played Bridge Burner actually for quite some time. Uh, this year uh, on the shows this year, mm -hmm. but we had like, I would say like a half finished version that to us at the time at first felt like yeah the song is done, like the whole ending punk, the whole people say it's a mosh part or a breakdown or whatever. I don't feel it is like this, uh, but this was completely missing, and we were then uh, we were in our rehearsal space and saying like, okay, we need something to to finish off the song. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm actually good the way it is. And I remember like Evan and Brian saying, no, no, there something needs to come afterwards. And we were just toying around, and I had this one riff, and we, we played around with it for for quite some time. What can we do? I don't know. Like, let's just keep the song as it is. And I had this one riff that I wrote like five years ago. Or so like somewhere in the draw, I'm like, hey, let's try this. And it fit right away after trying out tons of things. And it was hard to, to get it done. But like when we play it live, I think it's super rewarding. I remember the first time we played this in Belfast. Uh, I felt like while we were playing it, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is actually extremely heavy. So yeah. <laughs> You had your little moment of sugar worship more than any other thing we've done so far, anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, I would have said the most challenging, most rewarding. I was going to say it's the same thing as well, but I think that was the fact that we did, took a more DIY approach this time. So normally we'd go up to, like I say, a studio. We've recorded all of our previous stuff with Aidan Cunningham, um, who's brilliant to work with, but... This time we just needed to do something a bit different. Plus, I'm not sure the track would have been out by now if we started having to think about all the logistics and places to stay and going up to the studio for multiple days. But Alex and myself normally do a lot of demoing and it's to a pretty high standard, so we have a decent head for recording. But we took on more of the recording ourselves this time, which was a challenge. There's, you know... It's a discipline, so no matter how good you think this track sounds, you'll always pick up a trick three weeks later and be like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Or <laughs> I didn't know that one yet. But then it's rewarding as well because it's it's got a bit more confidence now in us that like Evan recorded the drums locally in the School of Music with uh, Christopher Hockey, and he came up to our practice space and did the vocals then as well. But we handled the bass and guitar recording ourselves. So now it's much easier, more streamlined if we want to go down that road in future. We know... The results can be good. Um, so it's the first time we've taken it that far down a DIY route, but it's, I'm happy with results. I'll never be fully happy because, again, you'll have that little goddamn it moment, but, you know. 
But what, what an incredible extra string to have to your bow. And as you continue, if you continue that path, you learn and what you pick up and what you can develop from that is only going to benefit not just the band, but you personally. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, I definitely wouldn't take on too many other jobs for other bands or other people, seeing how much is involved. And it would make you think twice about jumping into a, a full album or EP too quickly because you see how much work is involved in one track. Mm. Um, sometimes you do leave it to the experts for a reason. But knowing it's there is an option now and the workflow can be fast for us. And even just as a band, we're used enough to recording in studios over the years that we know how to speak to each other and, you know, get the right takes and all of that. Um, there's a bit of a security blanket there as well, you know. We're talking of experts and you've got to tell me how did the collaboration with Justin Paul Hill come around? Um, so... I've like I've been a massive sixth fan since like the trees are dead and dried out. But there's an Irish band, Hero and Error. They're a really like top tier band. Like um, they were touring quite a bit back. I'd say around 2009, 2010. And back then, I thought it was the coolest shit ever that they'd gone and recorded over in Weller Hill, like Justin's old studio. And um, they stayed in contact. But Justin was always like was never really on my radar until lately. Um, Evan and myself were talking about potential people to mix it. And um, my whole thinking had nothing to do. I didn't think he'd end up guesting on the track, but I thought he might be a good fit for mixing just because we tend to go quite raw and gritty. And because he gets such punch and definition in his mixes, I thought it might be a good counterbalance. So it, like basically we leaned into somebody that's too punk, it'll end up just being really garbled <laughs> it'll sound like it was recorded in a in a bin you know yeah um so evan reached out and i'm pretty sure the guys in here and there might have smoothed it over but you know or else he might have been slightly aware of us to start with but yeah just a couple of emails and texts and yeah he was like yep perfect send the track over and just took it from there he was the nicest guy in the world very easy to deal with you know I love, hear I love hearing that it is, uh, was that simple and straightforward. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Like, I suppose he's in a position where he probably can pick and choose his mm. work more than others, but at the same time as well, it's, it's sometimes as simple as asking somebody, you know, he can build up things in your head, but no harm unless you ask. And then the guest vocals again just came up. We said like, yeah, this section would suit you if you're up for it. And we'd heard that he turns down a lot of bands, but yeah, again, he was like, yep, no problem. Here they are. And the first take he gave us was just what you hear. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're not wrong on the whole don't ask, don't get kind of thing. You know, we speak to many bands with collaborations that almost seem incredible um, to, to exist based upon, say, the size of the artist in America and the size of the artist in the UK, for example. Yet it simply often comes about you expecting some elaborate story about pigeons being flown around and all this and stuff and it turns out no no we just sent an email and he said yes and it's like oh cool that's fantastic glad it's so easy for you <laughs> that's it it's just nice guy plus good musician yeah. equals you know and that's it at least if he was going to tell us to fuck off he would have said it nicely you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah 10 months since uh waste that's 10 months further than the line for worn out and as we said plenty of shows this year new single and i'll imagine there's a lot more in the work we'll get to that in a moment but what i wanted to ask you gents is what's different in the mindset of worn out now 
when you compare it to one year ago, is it you're more focused? Is it you're more driven? Or is it just a continuation of where you already were? I think it's mostly, uh, mostly, mostly communication. Uh, like, I think the last time we we talked to you, we said like the pandemic was pretty hard on us and mm. it made some, some times in the band actually, actually really difficult, probably for, for every band out there. But I think like even just personally, we get along better than we ever have. Uh, there were, of course, there's still like some, some, some little arguments like in every band, but I feel like things like this actually become easier and become better. And I think this makes it also easier for us to just go on the road or to just record a single or to uh, try new ideas like like song-wise. And I think this this is pretty much different to compare to, to the end of last year. Yeah, it's definitely easier to appreciate it now because we would have let small things probably build up more in the past, whereas now we just know how to communicate things out quickly. Know what we have a better idea of what other people in the band want as well. Mm-hmm. Um so it's I suppose just taking the, the lead character syndrome out of it and just realizing there are other people there that care as much as you and their say is just as important. And it's good if we're fighting now and again if it means we're pulling in the same direction. But just knowing where to hit the resets which sometimes and not um not have small arguments over a riff, you know. Where it's just like you can try out both ideas and sleep on it and then realize Alex's idea is better than mine. <laughs> or even sometimes just writing a riff where I, well, while I write it, I know, okay, Brian is going to love this. And we have, have like one song where I just demoed it, brought it to the guys and said, I said like, you know, this riff, I knew you would love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And I suppose just that that bleeds into every other facet of the band then because there's more trust, which means we're able to delegate things out more easily to the people in the band. So straight away, they have the responsibility and it's work, but nobody's feeling like they're taking on more burden than they have to. You're kind of just like, cool, you've got that. I can leave it alone. I don't have to worry about it. And that frees you up then to think about other things. Um, and then when you're happy in the band, it's easier to make those investments when you're broke and get that extra bit of gear or, you know, it, it's just basically easier to focus into the band then as well, you know. Guys, those are lovely words, man. Hearing you talk about it, I really, really get what you're trying to say and I can feel it between the pair of you. It has been uh, good you're looking at it from the outside. Um, so I want to ask you then both, uh, highlights, a highlight of 2022, be it shows, be it the release of the single, be it something else, what's been a highlight for you in Worn Out of 2022? Mm. So far, because technically we've still I, got two months. Yeah, I, th- I think probably the coolest thing is still coming up. Um, in my opinion, oh uh, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We will play the Siege of Limerick uh, on a short uh, Irish run later this month, actually. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we're pretty high up on the bill, which to 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 my surprise at least. So uh, I think this will be pretty cool. But I think so far, uh, I would say the Chromex the Chromex shows. Uh, the guys were pretty nice. The guys were pretty cool. Uh, even Harley, he was like. He's exactly like you would imagine him to be, like saying brother all the time and talking like this, you know, and it's, it's also awesome. And I, so it was really cool playing with these guys and actually realizing while we were playing that the guys were actually watching and actually like seemingly enjoying the stuff. So there was, there was like a huge like check for me, at least. 
Yeah, they were nicest dudes, but you're like, I was there for a while saying like, God, he never breaks character. And I was like, oh, wait, that's just who he is. <laughs> <It's> like, there's, <laughs> there's no character there. I don't think you can fake it for that long anyway, without cracking up. But uh, like, it w- I would have probably said the, the UK tour was like a highlight for me. But I again, like Alex, I think the best thing is coming at the end of this month. Like we're bringing back over the bands that we toured with in the UK back in spring. Uh, below the neck and lower in so they're getting to see a bit of Ireland and then so we've Cork Dublin and Limerick over the 28th 29th and 30th mm. but the siege of Limerick is like one of the main dates in the festival in Ireland like it's you know multiple stages really receptive crowd like getting to bring them over and show like that many new people those those guys as well and then a few drinks afterwards that'll be probably it for me like for the year and also both are actually really, really cool bands. Like bo- uh, all the shows that we played with them so far, Love, Below the Neck Every Night, Lure In, they had like a chaotic energy about them, felt like a more hardcore version of Daughters. Mm-hmm. Fucking, fucking loved it. So it's going to be going to be really cool to have them over here. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. I've even I've seen them live as well. You're right. It's a, it's a great mix. And if anyone interested in the Siege of Limerick, the lineup, man, it is pretty bloody immense. Hundred year old man, hell yeah! Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. So, what's a realistic goal you can aim to achieve from now until the end of twenty twenty three? Something that you're kind of looking at and going, "Yeah, we're going to do that." And there's a few band meetings to be had there, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's a tough one to answer. Like, and being honest, even if I did know something, then I would I'd get in trouble for announcing it anyway. <laughs> But um, we are on a pretty good run at the moment for just being able to make quick decisions and getting things out and even knowing now that we can be more DIY with the recording. I don't, I couldn't answer your question, to be honest, because this time last January, I was wondering, would we write another new song at that stage? But the amount of time that the pandemic had gone on, I know we've got that same song out. So, I mean, there could be an EP, there could be, we could be split up. I could be kicked from the band. That's <laughs> what they want to achieve for next year. <laughs> is it <That's> very unlikely? <laughs> yeah, is it fair to just sort of sum it up as in that the train's going to keep rolling, you're going to keep moving forward, provided the world allows you the opportunities that uh, you need, uh, as much as your own hard work, um, there's nothing really going to stop you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to jinx it by saying, but yeah, <laughs> I won't allow things to stop me once I have uh, functional hands. And <laughs> I apologize. I realize I'm, I'm very much a kind of person that's constantly like, right, let's pick this up and make this the biggest and best thing while we talk. And I realize ultimately that it's uh, obviously me jumping ahead. That's why I always try to word well, it as you and Evan would be best friends, actually. I was just oh, picturing yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Evan's that guy in the band, you know, it's kind of like he wants everything yesterday, which is great for actually getting me out of bed and doing things some days, you know. And photos of Spider Man, always photos of Spider Man. <laughs> Last time we did talk, we were doing uh, one of our themed uh, interviews. So this was kept more Q&A based around the new uh, track and what's been going on since then. But I do still want to pick your brains on two specific things before we wrap up. It is, of course, spooky season. It is October. So individually, gentlemen, what would be what would you consider your perfect Halloween night? Oof. Steve, you 
<laughs> oh yeah, Ooh. right. <laughs> Nail it. <laughs> yeah, I probably agree. Like, um, yeah, can can't think of much else to be honest. No, it's perfect. It really, really is. I love it. That's the uh, best one that someone's come up with to date when we've been answering this question throughout this month. So the only thing I could top it with was I, for ages, convinced myself I'd dress up for this gig. But I realized every idea I have is just something where nobody will get the reference. So I'll just look really weird. So, yeah, my ideal Halloween would just be being able to actually get a costume sorted or work out what's actually funny and then play the siege. I'm still contemplating doing the dead Fred Durst. Or not. I don't know yet. <laughs> dad vibes. <laughs> yeah, dad vibes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys, last one then. And in the worst possible ghost face voice, I don't know if you can do that or not. You probably need the, the mic thing. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, there are actually a couple. Mm. Um, and I think I said this exactly the same movie the last time. Oh, is it still uh, the not... same? It's probably still the same because I haven't seen anything topping it yet. So um, I think it's actually still Midsummer. Still. Ten months yeah, still. See, Hereditary is my favorite of his movies anyway. But yeah. I don't know if that's uh, a reflection on how poor modern horror is or just how strong Midsummer is. Um, probably both. Hmm. Also, I haven't seen the new Hellraiser yet, so... Are you guys having the same problem that we in the UK are having with that film and why we can't see it? Uh, I don't know, actually. So it's not available in the UK on anything legally. The oh. distribution issue uh, that exists. It's on, obviously, Hulu Plus in America. And while they expected uh... that would come to Disney Plus in the UK, it turns out that Paramount are the ones that made the movie and that's why it's not happening. So there's no distribution in the UK. So if you want to watch it in the UK, you have to do it illegally, which of course is not something I encourage or agree with, but that's the only option you've got if you want to see it in the UK. And I was just wondering, uh, is, do, do you know if that's the case with you guys? I'm actually Google, Googling this right now. <laughs> yeah, my uh, thumb's completely off the pulse there, my finger. Yeah. Which is a finger or thumb on the pulse? Finger. Finger on the pulse. There we go. Um. What did I say the other night? I said the stakes have never been wider, thicker the other night. <laughs> then I corrected myself with bigger. So yeah. It works. Yeah. It works. Um, I'm not sure about the, the rights thing. Being honest, you've probably just made a sale for torrents there to me anyway. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Well, there's plenty more coming out if you're interested in the new Halloween film. I'm patching it. They must be... Like... I was always so behind the curve with um, horror movies in general that I'm still catching up in the actual classics, but that's ruined me now lately, you know? Like, I think I only saw The Conjuring, like, somewhat sober-headed for the first time in the last week, as in, you know, just sober, like, um, <laughs> to the point I remembered it, but, like, much better movie than I remember. Like, you know, is it James Wan? That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, I enjoy his movies, even just for the imagery and the suspense there, but... You know, I'm still playing catch-up. I'm an amateur at a lot of this stuff. I saw the things you're supposed to see when I was a kid, but you forget about them, so you're almost re-watching them now, you know? Well, that's what the month's for, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Horror, yeah. Well, if we, would talk, if we would be talking, like, horror video games, that would be, like, a whole different thing, because mm. Callista Protocol is coming up, Dead Space is coming up, so... 
Yeah, we got to wait for all of that. I mean, Dead Space is January, so after. I mean, yeah. I suppose after the Christmas blues, if you get that kind of thing, at least you've got Dead Space to enjoy. I'm yeah, definitely. Sure that, did that come from the last actually. podcast? Uh, I wasn't even announced when, when we. Yeah, yeah it wasn't announced. I'm pretty sure I'd have to rewatch it, but I think what I'd said last time around is if you could give me a Dead Space remake, and it was only one the only one of the only remakes I wanted in the world, so. It does actually, you know, you're saying that this does ring a bell. I haven't watched back the video myself anytime recently, yeah. but I do remember the, the games part of things. I'm sure I, I can hear your voice saying about Dead Space and there being quite a lot of an agreement amongst everybody on that. So you're probably yeah. that. Just in case this is a magic podcast or I've got some kind of ability that only comes out now, uh, Silent Hill next time or Metal Gear Solid 1. Actually, actually um, the what's the name of, of the director? Who made like the first Silent Hill movie? He teased something is in the works from his, from his side. Oh, uh, uh, Chris! I know he Chris, made Christoph, know. Christoph Guns. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Gaines. Yeah, yeah Christopher Gaines. Um, yeah. yeah, I read the same thing, and uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, I've been hurt too many times when it comes to this. <laughs> it's Konami. So look, we'll just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll waste. Actually, so is Metal Gear Solid. Right, we'll waste the bet yeah. on Portal then. We'll just hope <laughs> on the orange box. Yeah. You, you, you know. Now that you said you have some some like like oracle powers, remember the last time when you said on a podcast, and I think it was even this podcast. Oh yeah, the only thing would be like if Alex like catches COVID and we have to cancel shows, and like two or three days later I catch COVID and we had to cancel the show. That was the first show <laughs> back after COVID as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm gonna stop this here. Stop this interview right here then before something <laughs> else and end up end up making someone else ill or they'll cause more damage. <laughs> well, if you can just stop me being a pessimist, you'd be okay, but I call myself a realist. Guys, I really appreciate this. It's lovely to talk to you again. Worn out. I guess for everyone out there, just pay attention to your social media. You're going to be busy and we'll follow you along that way, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cheers definitely. for that as well. Thank you. No worries, yeah, guys. Thanks Thank for you. having us, Car. Have a good one. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, Consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. As well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for? <laughs>